today mike hey janelle doing well oh. doing well thanks a lot Mm-hmm. nice to talk to you today nice to meet you today oh thank you yes this is our first time today isn't it yeah that's I, right i've been here three years and i have never not once come across you yeah it's funny how that works i've been here almost seven years now and yeah i, I guess i don't know do you hit the bars every now and then uh maybe not so much anymore mm-hmm. my uh my friend circle has uh you know diminished as the years uh progress so you know they're not mushing around anymore so just me and my dog mm-hmm. but the um the foreigner community is pretty knit tight here so um what kind know. of dog do you have oh i have a doberman oh okay. the, the full the big one. Oh right right yeah, right yeah, yeah so i just hang out with him mostly these days nice yeah but you uh, are here to perform for us. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, that's right. This is uh, something that I wrote that I wrote mostly last year, actually, but I never actually unveiled it to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I just thought I'd give it a go. Oh. So. You were telling me. Oh, go no, ahead. No, go ahead. No, you. You were telling me they were uh, kind of like uh, two comedic essays? No, the this is. This is a, a piece of prose I, I was working on, and I was I was reading I was reading a book called Catch Twenty Two last year, and it was it's really funny. I read that book. Oh yeah, good. I'm glad that you know it. Yeah, yeah. I had to read in high school. Right, it's maybe my favorite book, and I was also at the same time I was reading writing by John Lennon, and the thing that really struck me is just how silly both works are. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I would also just give it a go and just write something while throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. So oh, I want to hear some. Right. So it's it's very silly and, you know, we're just going to see what happens. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> How exciting. Yeah. All right. I'm by no means comparing this to any of those works. Just, just the silliness. Noted. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, right. All right. There's no real name to this yet. It's just, you know, it's just... Untitled. Untitled, exactly. I'm, <clears throat> all right, so here we go. It was 25.62 in the morning, and Mr. Gumboot had had quite enough of his long day at the fly-swatting factory. Majorly speaking, the procedural drama was simple enough. As the flies tumbled down the ramp thing on the assembly line, strike him dead. But today, the assembly line was constantly malfunctioning, and so no fly-swatting of any efficient kind was possible. Mr. Gumboot was an actual walrus of a man, with big hairy tusks and a flair for cold weather. This is why he hated the city he lived in, since it was, in fact, on the hottest planet in the solar system, just neighboring Mercury and Neptune. But he and his wife, Mrs. Gumboot, had moved to the city in lurch of a better life. That is to say, their lives before their life in the city was dreadful. And as unhappy as Mr. Gumboot was at the moment not efficiently swatting flies at the fly-swatting factory, at least he wasn't where he and his wife were before. That is, elsewhere. The night shift had begun several hours before, at 432.30. And as Mr. Gumboot half-heartedly swatted what flies came, he more than half-heartedly rubbed his eyes with a yarn and a stretch. 
He was hungry, not having eaten since the snack he had before, excuse me, he was hungry, not having eaten since the snack he had after lunch, and feeling that certain way people feel of being both hungry and hungry, which was not a pleasant situation. Two minutes later, at 29.09, Mr. Gumboot spotted Mrs. Hartshorn, the floor manager. Mrs. Hartshorn was a surly Slovenian man, half dog, half god, half brunch, who loved his job and the floor he managed. Mrs. Hartshorn was particularly fond of his employees, always throwing a modern joke around with a fly swatter and wanting a quick chin wag with the assembly line fixer-uppers. Now and then, especially for holy daises, Mr. Hartshorn would bring some of his traditional Slovenian nun bread, which was a kind of pastry round-shaped, coated with garlic and buttered. Everyone in his home of Slovenia ate nun bread daily, for every meal, for there were no animals to slaughter in Slovenia, and since it was a desert barren of trees and plant life, there were few crops to speak of, and since Slovenia was the victim of innumerable political sanctions across the molar system, they received no importance of any kind. At least the Slovenians loved their nun bread, and it was very popular among even everyone in the factory, too. Crikey, not that shit again, cried Mr. Skimpy, Mr. Gumboot's unusual assembly line neighbor, who was almost but not quite as much of a walrus as Mr. Gumboot. Mr. Mr. Skimpy eyed Mrs. Hartshorn ripping bits of the bread and distributing it, distributing it amongst the unwitting workers who wanted none at all. Don't those bloody Slovenians eat anything other than that garbage nun bread? Mr. Gumboot sighed and explained that, since there were no animals to slaughter in Slovenia, and since it was a desert barren of trees and plant life, there were few crops to speak of. And since Slovenia was the victim of innumerable political sanctions across the molar system, they received no importance of any kind. So everyone of a Slovenian persuasion had not to eat but nun bread, coated in Slovenian garlic and butthurt. At least the Slovenians love it, wept Mr. Gumboot. Mr. Gumboot was always weeping, because of his deep-rooted clothing of the fly-swatting factory and Mrs. Hartshorn and his awful nun bread, but he was weeping more hard than Norm today because of the malfunctioning assembly line, which made his job all the more miserly. Ah, Mrs. Gumboot and Skimpy. Fancy seeing you here. The literal whale Mrs. Hartshorn beamed with dummy-thick cheeks. I'm just passing through to see how's all going down on the floor and looking for things to manage. Do either of you need managing at press time? No management needed, Mrs. Hartshorn. Thanks so much, chimed Mr. Skimpy with an overbearing, shit-eating grin. Careful of Slovenian delicacy, Mrs. Hartshorn axed the two factory gentlemen, shoving the bread up Mr. Gumboot's nose. None for me, thanks, sobbed Mr. Gumboot. Blimey, screamed Mrs. Hartshorn with the enthusiasm of a floor manager who loved his job. You're in luck. None is all I have. I am Slovenian, after all. And so Mrs. Hartshorn tore off an abundant chunk of nun and delivered it to the two assembly line flyswatters' mouths. Mrs. Hartshorn was recognized by every employee as being kind of hearted and someone who gloved to share things with all. He was the nicest person any of the poor fly-swatting sods had ever met. I hate him so much, growled Mr. Skimpy as he pranced around the malfortuning assembly line swatting flies. Can't that stupid Slovenian go manage his own affairs now and then? Lord knows he sleeps around and his wife knows it too. Mr. Skimpy, do you mean to tell me that Mr. Hartshorn knows of Mrs. Hartshorn's extramarital activities? inquired Mr. Gumboot, for this was news to him. I'm certain, Mr. Skimpy replied. Fascinating, cried Mr. Gumboot. No, Mr. Go no, Mr. Gumboot, I mean I'm Mr. Certain. Mr. Skimpy's behind you, said the lad who wasn't actually Mr. Skimpy. And this was true, for Mr. Skimpy went around Mr. Gumboot while Gumboot blunk his eyes and did not notice. Mr. Skimpy, do you mean to tell me that Mr. Hartshorn knows of Mrs. Hartshorn's extramarital activities? asked Mr. Gumboot urgently. Indeed she does. So far as I can speak, the last time she visited our humble fly-swatting factory, I saw a cold dominion emanating off of her like the pair had just had a tiff. 
Any couple of peepholes can have a tiff, declared Mr. Gumboot as he thwacked a fly dead. That's no proof at all for such a serious accusation. Accusation my hoof! If Mr. Hartshorn doesn't know about Mrs. Hartshorn's affairs, I definitely do, spake Mr. Skimpy as he smote a fly dead with smites of his swat. Note two days ago, a woman I'd never seen before came to our humble fly swatting factory. Thwack, 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 went Skimpy's swat as he exclaimed, and the two of them retweeted into Mrs. Hartshorn's office. Well then, Mrs. Hartshorn plumply drew down the blinds to his window pane, and I could hear strange sounds arising from inside the room. Tack, 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 tack. But Mr. Skimpy, flump, Slovenians make strange noises all the time just by speaking and saying their natural speech. Not no one ear knows what those people say. Flump, flump. That's the thing, Mr. Gumboot. Conk. There were no Slovenians. There were no natural Slovenian sounds at all. I don't think the lady was even Slovenian. Conk, conk. Aye, that is an odd titty, to be sure. At that moment in time, or perhaps two moments then, the bell rang its loud, morbid tone, signaling the end of work at the humble slice fly-swatting factory. It was 57.29. At last, the end of the day. See you bright and girly tomorrow, Mr. Skimpy, declaimed Mr. Gumboot, taking off his hazmat suit, his swimsuit, his summer suit, his dinner suit, his business suit, his birthday suit, his hard hat, his trilby, his fedora, his gutra, his work gloves, his Boston stranglers, which he was very fond of and put to good use daily, his work boots, his abaya, his linens, his gallagers, his cummerbund, his championship belt, and his mismatch, his mismatching socks. Mr. Gumboot headed zigzag for the door and left for home. Uh, that's all I got for now. <laughs> oh, wow. Not even finished. That was very enjoyable. Good. I, I hope say. so. Yeah. That was, you saw me over here cracking up. Yeah. That's a positive sign, I suppose. Yeah. That was really funny. Actually, you have really great delivery, to be honest. Thanks. You should right. consider some kind of voice acting or something. I'm actually... I actually am. I'm, I'm, I get like weekly voice coaching do you yeah I'm starting it's paying to make, off <laughs> i'm making my my portfolio these days mm, is that what um so what do you what do you have to do to get into voice acting you you so a portfolio will be the beginning creating one well i have a little bit of experience already just through a connection that i made just through someone that i knew here mm. But it's always who you know. Yeah, and this this person is the person who's coaching me now is just someone that I that I saw posting on you know Expats in Busan or something like that. Oh, okay. Some group like that, and decided to sign up, and now I am working towards my portfolio. Oh, nice. Hoping that I can get something going. It actually sounds really interesting. I'm actually quite yeah. fascinated, and you know my three takeaways from your. Uh, your uh, extremely descriptive uh, tale there was uh, the walrus, the mm. butthurt bread, right. and this assembly line we kept talking about, this yeah. fly-swatting assembly line, which is really intriguing. Can you like elaborate on this this fly-swatting factory? I want to know what's going on in here. It uh, sounds like a good time. Like, <laughs> uh, like I don't know. I just, I just every, every sort of silly idea I had, I just threw at the wall and just said, I'm just going to go for it and just at the write it. Like the fly swatting factory, I don't know. Just, Do they just... Yeah, they're just flies fly. that... They just swat flies. Yeah, and they're just... That's what they do. I like it. I'm into it. <laughs> maybe it, maybe it's a comment on the banality of life. Oh. Uh -huh. Daily, daily nine to five jobs. Oh, I love layers, okay? <laughs> Keep coming. But, um, yeah, that was just it. Maybe in my any sort of future revisions I'll take out a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. But it was... It was, it's fun to write, 
and it was kind of liberating to share that. I always think, you know, I, I, I do come to a lot of these liquid arts events. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't always perform at them. I do sometimes, but I always think as well, if, even if you go up and you fail, it's kind of fun to just fail in the arena instead of just being in the audience, you know? Yeah, you know what? And I must say, Mike, you have inspired me. Mm. I'm going to perform. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you I should. think I have, I have a piece around here somewhere. Mm -hmm. You can find it on Facebook or uh, um, in my Google Docs. But yeah, I'm going to yeah. do one. Yeah, you should. And, you know, is this is something that I wrote a long time ago that I never shared with anyone. So mm -hmm. I think as well, you know, you can pick out something that you've been sitting on. Yeah, a little napkin idea. Yeah. And then, and then give it a go. Yeah. You are going to do a second piece for us. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. This is something I just wrote last night, and I kind of just want to read it aloud mm. and see if it's something that I want to pursue. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Right. So the last thing that I read was a kind of a prose, but this is more of a comedic essay. Mm, okay. Right. Um, so it's a, it's something I've been, that's been on my mind a lot. It's been on my mind a lot lately. I'm very nearly to be 30 years old and I now finally consider myself to be a quote unquote normal human being. But it was certainly not always this way because just looking at the picture of myself from about 10 years ago will show that I was exhibiting symptoms of awkward middle schooler a full seven years after I was no longer in it. But I would say I've been the type of person I've always wanted to be ever since I was around 23. So that, for whatever reason, is when I finally decided to stop dressing like a weenie and gain some sort of style. And in general, I like my style. I can look good in a suit and tie. I can look good in... Liam Gallagher-style parkas with John Lennon sunglasses, Steve McQueen Harrington jackets over plain white tees, hoodies and shorts with flip-flops, wide manner of combinations, because I think variety is good, especially in the summer, because that's the season when all of my daily dressing shortcomings are hidden. Because for most of the autumn and much of the spring, as well as the entirety of winter, shorts are out of the question. And it's all long pants all the time, and for whatever reason, I forever find myself wondering why I always have a shortage of pants to wear. I live my life in a near constant state of having just two pairs of pants. And before you think I am bragging about this or that I enjoy living in this squalid lifestyle, know that my dire situation is constantly on my mind. In fact, just the other day I lamented to my wife, I need to go to the store and buy some new pants. To which she replied, you're always buying new pants. I think I've bought two pairs in the entire time that I've known you. which. Fair enough, but if that's true, where the hell do all the pants that I buy go? Because as far as I can tell, I've always got exactly two pairs. Not long ago, I had had enough. I was sick to death of having just two pairs of pants. Of everyone in the Busan foreign community, I'd be willing to bet that I was constantly the guy who owned the fewest pairs of pants, which is a disgraceful position that no one wants to find themselves in. I thought to myself, a daring thought. What if I had... Four pairs of pants. All different colors, different materials, impossible with innumerable combinations. A pair of casual blue trousers appropriate for an easy desk job or a pint at the bar. A pair of slim fit blue jeans that go perfectly with white sneakers. A plain white tee and that sweet Harrington jacket I own. Something in corduroy because I haven't worn it in ages, but I'm always secretly jealous of those I see wearing it. 
and a pair of black slacks for neutral yet casual wear, or to double up as formal wear because remember, I only ever have two pairs of pants and I need to take them as far as I can. So I decided to go shopping. At the moment, what I had were the blue and black that I mentioned. So I got to the store and let my imagination run wild. Just think of all the possibilities. Two brand new pairs of pants. Double the number that I own right now. My god, I could conquer the world. And that's a thought. I probably could conquer the world with just four pairs of pants. I bet Hitler had more than just two pairs of pants. It's not every day you get to look to Hitler as a role model, but in the pants department, there's no one better. Napoleon Bonaparte probably had pants coming out of his ears, and look what he accomplished. Hell, for I know what I know, he wore multiple pairs for the Battle of Waterloo alone. I bet Genghis Khan had more than two pairs of pants. We'd look through his closet with his general and say, Well, Ogadai, what are we going to do today? We're going to go rape and pillage the Hungarians today, sir. All right, best take the blood-red trousers today, I suppose. So finally, I found the perfect combination. A brand new pair of very flattering brown slacks and a pair of gray jeans to replace the pair of blue jeans I had ruined by spilling paint on, which is what caused me to get to the shameful number of just two pairs of pants in the first place. A few months pass in pantsful bliss. I notice the original pair of blue pants that I own are sort of showing up with these kind of rough-looking faded white patches here and there, like an ironing error, which is not possible since I never really iron anything. They're just old, I guess. I like those blue slacks, and I've had them for a while. I rarely wear the gray jeans. The legs end in a flowing, not-quite-bell-bottom style that I don't care for. And if those two are out of commission, then that means I have, yes, once again, just two pairs of pants. <laughs> that was great. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm into it. That that part about Genghis Khan and his blood in his blood reds. Yeah, his blood reds. Oh man, that was that was my favorite. <laughs> I like that one. I like that vivid mm. imagery. I don't go clothes shopping that often. You, how many pairs of pants do you have now? <laughs> well, I've actually—I mean, I've actually got—I've actually got more than two, but I only really like to wear just about three of them. So mm. I just—it's a goal. I just need to find—I just need to buy more and just enjoy wearing them. Uh, do you really have one—one uh, um, one brown pair and one denim? I mean, one pair of jeans? Uh, yeah. Well, because I mean, I, it's one of those where like I could wear those blue ones that mm -hmm. have a little—just a little bit of paint. Probably no one would notice, but I I notice. Right. Maybe I'm being too picky. <laughs> okay, so I have one I have one question. Okay. About these pants, they're intriguing. Thanks. So now, when you're going um, out mm -hmm. on a date with your wife, right? right? Which pair of pants do you choose? That's a good question. I would often just go with the black ones because they're black. just all all purpose. All-purpose casual, and you can sneak them in as formal. You like sure I can. Said. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, if you sneak them in as a uh, um, for the date, mm -hmm. what kind? Of, what kind of top are we uh, uh, pairing? Oh, I uh, actually I like collared shirts with uh, some paisley designs and stuff. You know what's in? It seems to be you've got these shirts that have got all sorts of patterns on them. I mean, they could be like small flowers or something. Are we talking about the 70s? Well, well, I mean, there, Paisley seems to be a little bit in as well. But then I've, there's also other shirts that I've got that have got like a bunch of flowers on them. It just seems to be the mm -hmm. sort of the style now is just a lot of sort of tiny, bringing tiny, back the 70s. tiny patterns. Yeah, maybe reminiscent of the 70s. <laughs> no, the 70s is cool. Which I like. I like it. So thanks for hearing my story. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was enjoyable. Yeah. That really was. All right. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I hope to, uh, hope to hear more. Absolutely. Oh, oh. 
Uh, where can we find you or your work? Oh, where can you find me? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I do the Now It's Dark movie podcast with Tim Paw that you can find um, really almost anywhere you can get your podcasts. The Now It's Dark movie podcast. And you can listen to Inside Out Busan on BEFM radio every day at 6.07 p.m. Oh. Right after the news. It's at that awkward time, 6.07, because they do evening news for seven minutes at 6.00. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, how do we say? Multifaceted? Yeah, that's right. I, I, All right. I, do, I do a lot. Check you out. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Janelle. Uh-huh.